and we're on. You take good care of your teeth? I take great care of my teeth, Benny, and how about you? Yeah, fair. You know, I actually, I had to get my first dental work in history. Oh, fuck. What? That wasn't so bad. I I mean, apparently I was tough. I don't know. Because, so, you know, I uh, I think it's because of my gaps in yeah. my teeth. I think I've just been a little lucky where stuff doesn't get stuck in there, maybe. <laughs> and I've always brushed pretty well. You got like, a bunch of other teeth, too, though. That I know. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've always had, like, a decent brushing regimen, even in my, like, punk rock years. Like, I remember even in my dirtiest, like, punk flop house years, I had to brush my teeth and wash my face before I went to bed. Like, it was, like, just still, like, a... Well, cardinal, yeah. Cardinal, you know, I But what about it. flossing? Never. Like, literally never in my life. And I kind of was under the assumption with gaps like this, what's the point? It's like throwing <laughs> a hot dog down a hallway, you know? <laughs> I didn't think there was any purpose. So I go, I find a new dentist, great new dentist, and they're like, hey, you know, good for you that you've never had cavities and we got to say good for you because you didn't do this, but they're like, you're just old now and your teeth are doing these things. And like, we got to fill in some like spaces and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. (laughs) So I went and did it. And you know, I'm actually like more scared of whatever they use shoot into your mouth by your brain and your neck. Like I'm more scared of that than I am of like pain. Yeah. So (laughs) When I started talking to them about my aversion to these things, they're like, well, you know, we were planning on using it. Most people do. But like, if you want to give it a shot without, it's fine. And we can, you know, just give it to you if you need it. And they started ripping in and I was like, it's not that bad. Wait, uh, what did you have done that you didn't get? It's like a bunch of fillings, I guess. Really? So they drilled your teeth without any painkillers? Yeah, baby. You are a fucking macho man I, I think more of a masochist <laughs> i don't know you, like maybe i should tap into this part of myself for my for my 40s maybe that could be my <laughs> midlife crisis i'll start getting uh start getting worked by dominatrixes or something no i think you're lucky you have i i think i have um genetically good teeth because i did the same shit i didn't go to the dentist for like years and years yeah. and years and then well, there's, like, what are you supposed to do you know like like i was barely I, I could barely like hold on to the, the basic functions of life. Like I was not making dentist appointments in those years. It's <laughs> not possible. But all right, Brad, mm-hmm. listen, I have, I have a quick amendment to the podcast. I'm glad we had a day to sit on this because I, oh, really? I almost got ourselves in big trouble here. Okay. Uh, okay. Big trouble. You're kidding me. This woman who's suing Velveeta, right? Oh, shit. You know, I assume this kind of lady (laughs) and her law team here might be the group that would also sue someone for libel, you know? (laughs) Yeah, if they could find them. (laughs) I got to put it out here. I know they're probably regular listeners of the pod, fans of My Chemical Romance, LS Dunes. (laughs) So I just wanted to make it clear. When I was talking about the Velveeta... (laughs) In our episode, I said that it was a regular boxed Velveeta that she was suing, you know, didn't take three and a half minutes to make. And I was like, what kind of buffoon is making like boiling noodles in the microwave? I didn't even understand. In my head, I'm like, what do you even use? 
how do you boil noodles and like in what bowl do you do that? Like I guess Pyrex and it's super hot. Like I don't like this at all. No. So to be clear, the lawsuit is for microwavable Velveeta <laughs> cups. Okay? okay, not stovetop Velveeta. So okay. Miss Ramirez down in South Florida, of course, she's a South Floridian. Uh <laughs> Please, I understand your lawsuit. I understand your plight. She says, she says in her lawsuit, like many consumers who seek to stretch their money as far as possible when buying groceries, but because of the time claim, she paid more for the product than she would have paid and would not have purchased it or paid less had she known the truth. In addition to $5 million in damages... The plaintiff also seeks punitive damages from what? Kraft Heinz Food and asks the company be ordered to cease its deceptive advertising as well as be made to engage in corrective advertising campaign. So I'm not fucking with this lady. Woo! Yeah, she is so busy that she can't take that extra 35 seconds that it actually does take to finish you know what? up. Her Here's the thing. I, this is like a double-edged sword to me when I really examine it. You know, philosophically, right? Because, of course, I find this ridiculous. I find microwavable mac and cheese ridiculous, right. let alone buying it, making it, and getting that upset about it that you have a lawsuit. But let me ask you this question. If women like her didn't exist, if people like this didn't exist, is there corporate oversight? Do yes. they just say whatever they want and nobody ever holds them to task? Like as ridiculous as I find this, if it's actually true that it takes more than three and a half minutes, <laughs> I don't think she deserves punitive damages. And I think this erodes our legal system probably in a lot of ways. But also, what happens if she's not around and you can't sue these guys? They can say whatever they wanted, you know? So, so I, yeah. I, you know, I, I see both both sides here. Yeah, I. It's it's still it's abuse of a system that's supposed to work for us. So, yes, I feel like and, it's like the the far extreme of it. You know, it's like yeah, it's like, and yeah. I'd be surprised if she initiated this all on her own. I think you know somebody hunted her down. One of these fucking ambulance chasers. There's so many lawyers out there. Just look. It's probably a goddamn lawyer that. Like I don't well that's where I want to go. I would love to go deeper in this story. I want to know who she is. I'm like, <laughs> is this really an enraged mom who sought out a legal team to do this? You know, because then I'm like, that's kind of fucking funny and kind of rad for whatever reason, you know. But yeah, if she's an ambulance or if this is like her seventh attempt at a class auction lawsuit at some company. Right. I wanna I wanna know more, you know, about the 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 suing party themselves. Or is her husband an attorney? Oh, this is a very, very sexist point of view. Yeah. Today. Very sexist. Don't like it. Brad canceled. Um, <laughs> so let's say something about Frank. Yeah. What, uh, what can we say about Frank? I mean, come on. He it hasn't a, already been said. He is a fun <laughs> and uh, uh, a glowing kind of character, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very cool. And uh, I... Like I mentioned a couple of times in the interview, and it came up more even when I was researching. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how do I not know this dude? Because yeah. 
we have been in the same room, it seems, probably dozens of times at the same shows and things of this nature. And then I didn't mention in the interview, but when Gaslight early on was recording Sink or Swim, we were working with a guy named Josh who was working out of a studio up in North Jersey. I believe it was like Belleville or Paramus Park or something up there. You know, this is why they don't think Central Jersey exists because this is how I talk about them. Um, And we actually used their studio. And I remember when I was recording tracks there, walking around like a warehouse kind of space with like their merch around. I think their manager owned the building or something. So it was kind of like a, you know, a connection there. And then years later, we opened for them at the Roseland. Um, oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and had these. Uh, and then another time when we were in LA, we were at like barbecue house party together, but just sort of didn't mingle very much. Right. It's like just one of those things. I've been around right. them a lot, but the more and more I learn, and the, you know, I've always been a fan though of the band. Uh-huh. Um, but I think so. It was really cool to be able to finally sit down. This is the longest I've actually talked to the guy. I know a lot of his friends and his wife uh, better than him. And now, <laughs> now we know about our tastes in bagels, pizza, all the important hey, things. Did you feel left out of that part of the conversation, or you're just like New York enough now that like you get it? I know it was good. I was coasting. I was enjoying it. I was a fly on the wall. What's your, like, you're going to a pizza place in the city. What's your baseline? Like, all right, this is my test to see if this place is any good. Plain slice? Or are you going crazier? I'd probably go with pepperoni, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Is because... the way they handle their pepperoni indicative of the kind of place? Yeah, I feel like... I feel like there's a few things. If they, they're going to, you know, if they are making a statement that they are not your average place, their pepperoni right. is going to be, it's going to be, you know, different. Like that fresh cut, cured, yeah. charcuterie kind or that of little, pepperoni. You know, the little pepperoni. Yeah, the little thick places. guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which I totally enjoy. But and You know, uh, they're not coming out of like the big Costco bag with those like... With just those, yeah. those uniform <laughs> slices, the thin uniform slices, which might yeah. be salami, just might be older oh. salami in oh, those bags. No, I'm not sure. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and and then because I like pepperoni, so you know, I might as well enjoy it. And I sure. also feel like, you know, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it's all about the plain cheese, right? Like you got to be able yeah. to do that right. But I feel like I can get a little added information if I go for the pepperoni. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, you can tell a pizza place got to go sauce, cheese, crust, the ratio, the flavor of each. You don't need any more than that, right? Mm-hmm. For pizza. Right. But if you're planning to ever get pasta at this place, get a yeah. sandwich, you know, something something a little further, you got to have a test. Mine is eggplant. Uh-huh. And it's easy. There's only three kinds of eggplants that come, right? There's like olive garden eggplant, which is like, Here's just some frozen diskette, you know, that we tossed in a fryer and here you go. And it's always bitter and seedy and kind of terrible. You do it the way my old restaurants used to do it, which was you pre-slice, pre-bread, pre-fry, store, and then basically flash fry when you have an order just to Uh heat it up. 
So it's it's kind of fresh eggplant. You sort of make it nice, but you know, it can also get a little like then basically it just tastes like the fryer, you know, you're not even really eating eggplant anymore. Right. And then there's the next step, the people who are like, every day, we're doing eggplant, you know? And that's that's a commitment if you're committing to that. And I think that's the big indication for me. Oh, this nice. is I hope we have a big New Jersey listening audience. Oh, on we this podcast are you kidding because, me. Well, he's I you know, Frank is so famous, right? Mm. He's famous. The band yeah. is famous. Yeah. And which, like, the more I learn about where they came from and stuff, I love because they're one of us. Yeah. <laughs> they got out. They made it. Made yeah. it into the thing, you know? And, like, they're in, like, I love that. Like, and I'm sure it trickles out in a lot of cool ways. But, uh, he is so famous that on his Wikipedia page, it has, like, his, like, politics. Oh yeah. Where like this is how I feel about <laughs> Donald Trump. Like you you're so famous that you just have to like draw that barometer for your for your novice mainstream fan, you know? Right. I'm like, wow, Frank's famous. I don't even have a Wikipedia page, <laughs> let alone someone digging into my political affiliations. So some serious business, you know? Very <laughs> modest, very cool, comfortable dude. Doesn't come off like that at all, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Man of the people. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Should we, uh, should we get into it? Let's... How you, how you doing, Frank? Fucking tired, man. <laughs> yeah. So, when, did you just get home? I did, but I um, I still have two more shows for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. So, um, today's my day off. I'm home, and then tomorrow I'm in Brooklyn, and then Baltimore, and then I'm done. Oh, so not really a day off. Eh. No, <laughs> which is probably why this got fucked up. I, which I apologize. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. If, I, if I'd known, I would have tried to get you on Thursday when you're just ah, home, when right. you're home, home. Because <laughs> I know, but I just went through these days. You know, like you, you start, know, yeah, you start to pop into tour mode. You That's know, and, shit. yeah. You know, I woke up at a yeah. at a hotel this morning and tried to get an Uber to get home. I I had set my alarm for like. 6.30 this morning when we actually arrived there, but it never went off. So I ended up waking up at like 10, got here, tried to jump in the shower. And then Paul hit me up at like 12.30 and he was like, you know, you had an interview at 12, right? I was like, what the fuck? 
I heard. Where did I, my day go? I heard. I heard from Reginald. It was nice. He, to, <laughs> he, to, he told me to to drop drop Thursday. He wants me to basically plug everything he does, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm not fucking Dan Rather over here. You know, like like me, me dropping this isn't going to really uh, add to your clicks. Um, <laughs> how do you deal with that adjustment though? Because like you know, just that simple uh, physiological pattern of going back out on tour. And, you know, the time you're accustomed to, like, putting your kids to sleep, being in fucking right. sweatpants, wrapping <laughs> it up for the night. And now you're like, hey, I'm on stage performing at the same exact time a day well, later and then back and forth. Like, how do you how do you deal with those adjustments? You know, I, I, I deal with it as best as humanly possible, just like you do, I'm sure. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, once you get really good at at um, at real life. That's like when tour starts again. You're like, oh right. shit! All right, so like, you know, once you get into like the the rhythm of you know making lunches and making breakfast in the morning, get everybody together. Like that's when like, oh, tour's ready. Then you have to get <laughs> right. ready. Yeah. Like you have to get back into like tour life, which isn't real life, really. No. You know, it's it's uh it's this weird uh I don't know like dreamscape that we all participate in and pretend like is it's normal. Yeah, but it's not. It's really not fucking not normal. normal. Yes, not Definitely normal. Not. not not necessarily easy. No, but no, not I, normal yeah. at all. Not normal at all. Yeah, you know. But but at the same time, it's like you're able to to focus on your needs. You know what I mean? Like right. I need to yes. sleep, or I need right. to fucking get a shower at some point, or I need to like you know what I mean? Or like uh, I'm gonna wake to, up and at my own pace find exactly what I want to eat. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. To the point where, you know, then you get home and you're like, oh, nobody wants anything that's delicious. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, Sick. Why am I eating cold eggs left over by three people again <laughs> yeah. for breakfast? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's somehow got like cookie crumbs in it. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself like, uh, I mean, you've been at it for a long time, so I'm sure you have your own tactics for dealing with it. But do, do you ever find uh, one kind of pulling from the other, uh, especially like... I guess emotionally. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing is I feel like, uh, it's, it's harder for you in the beginning. Like when you first have kids, it's harder for you, but they don't give a shit because they don't know know they're babies. Like they don't realize that you're there or not. But, uh, when they end up getting to the age where they can say like, Oh, please don't go. Or like, I miss you. Like, why do you have to leave? You know, like, or like so-and-so's dad doesn't leave. Right. That shit. That's nice. Kills you. Yeah. It kills you. And I think the, uh, you know, the saving grace is that if I had a nine to five where I worked in the city or something like that, I'd probably be waking up before they had to get, go to school. Right. I'd see them yeah. for maybe five seconds in the morning. I'd probably get home after they were done all their homework and all that shit. Maybe I get to give them like a bath and, and kiss them on the head. Good night. Yeah. But like when I'm home from tour, like I'm home from tour. You know, yeah, straight up Michael like, yeah. Keaton, like, like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm down in the basement writing songs and doing that kind of stuff. Sure, but I try yeah. to do that shit while they're at school. Yeah, and uh, and for the most part, like I'm dad. You know what I mean? Like that's the best job in the entire world. That's the job I want, and 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 that's you know that I, I cherish those moments. What's so your I, famous like pops breakfast? Like if oh, you're geez. if you're up early going for breakfast, what do you make? Waffles. Oh, waffle man. A plain. Oh yeah. We add in chocolate chips. You know, I, I think I I am good enough that I they don't need that. <laughs> oh, that's a flex. That's I know. Flex. That's what I say though. That's, so your I mean, your batter is so highly refined that you yeah, need you need nothing that else. That shit's Pearl Milling Company though, <laughs> for real. <laughs> but I did I definitely like 
the, the secret is you got to add a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of salt oh, to the mix. Yeah. Okay. Salt. Never That's done the, the vanilla. I like that. That's oh, a yeah. bad secret. Oh, yeah. Like and then like I don't I like uh like a thin uh fluffy thing. So I I go more water than than they tell you. Okay. Here, here, there, I feel like the instructions on the box are just like, you know, this is what we suggest, but you just do you. That's that's where I'm at with breakfast. You know, it's funny. Speaking of which, just before we got on this, I ran across a, a news article about a woman leading a class action lawsuit against Velveeta shells and really? cheese for taking more than three and a half minutes to prepare. Get the fuck out of here. Dead serious. There's a massive <laughs> class action lawsuit. Massive? Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> it, it, uh, like thousands <laughs> of people, apparently, who say they only bought Velveeta because uh-huh. of the time it takes to make it, and they wouldn't have bullshit. purchased it <laughs> if they'd bullshit. known it was more than... But the crux of all this, and maybe you'll find this offensive as a dad, okay. is this was all based on microwave times. Oh, come on. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. That's bullshit. Who's if they microwaving get any money this, I'm be fucking pissed. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't it easier to do... Like, don't, don't most homes come with a, a range... Uh, a stovetop range before yeah, a microwave? Thing. If you're petty enough to sue Velveeta <laughs> because it's more than three and a half right. minutes, you're, you're a microwave you're cooking. cook. Yeah, you're, you're a, a microwave, microwave cook. cook. Exactly. They're making eggs in yeah. the microwave. Disgusting. It's Ugh. in a fucking plastic bowl and that shit's like, it's it's oh, leaching out. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's leaching out plastics. So that's one of my great, and as a New Jerseyan, a lifelong New Jerseyan, you can understand this, how many oh, times yeah. I've walked in to a nice looking bagel place, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, everything, everything lines up here. Like, we got the vats. They're obviously cooking in-house. Nice-looking bagels. And I'm like, let me get an egg and cheese. And I see someone throwing some eggs in the microwave. Oh, fuck out of here with that. I'm like, what are you doing? No, that's, that's reserved for, for Dunkin' Donuts only. I'm like, why Here's are you the thing. desecrating this bagel I, with this, <laughs> you know? I've learned that if you're going to a bagel place and that place isn't grimy as fuck, mm. it's not going to be a good bagel. Too fancy schmance. It's got to be grimy. Like so, that place, yeah. like you, you want that shit to go because you can't even fathom sitting at sitting down and eating it there. That's right. <laughs> or or they won't even allow it. Like they don't. Yeah, even no have tables. seats. No <laughs> yeah, it's like the one table is just covered in uh like the leftover drinks and stuff. They won't even <laughs> yeah. let you. They're like, yeah. no, 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 no. Nah. You can try and sit there. Yeah. We you. ain't got tables and we ain't got a broom. Get yeah. the fuck get out of here. Get out of here. Bagels <laughs> are great. I was wondering. I mean, you're. Uh, I mean, are both your parents Italian? They are. Okay. Yeah, so my you're... dad is uh is half Polish though. Okay. And was like old like uh where's your family like lineage? Is it Newark or like just that area? Uh Trenton. Oh really? Yeah. Like the Chambersburg, like the yes. that neighborhood. Yes. Down the Berg, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I yeah. yeah, that's funny. It's it's a strange thing because uh my mom, before she passed away, was a, a massive uh she read like a book a day. And towards the end, she read nothing but these, you know, uh, mystery novels, like those, those real corny, like paperback mystery novels. She's uh-huh. looking for fluff. And one of the <laughs> authors is named Janet Ivanivovich. Ivanivovich. She's one of the more famous ones. And she writes a series called like A is for this, C is for crime, like that kind of shit. Okay. And a lot of the stories take place in Chambersburg. Fuck, really? Yeah, yeah. And there's this like whole element of the old Italian places and Yo, the people who after left. After this is done, and, can you text me that shit? Sure, sure. Right. And uh, I mean, I'm talking these books are next to like the ones with Fabio on the cover at the supermarket. Oh, yeah. Like we're not high. I school. can't imagine. What's the Chambersburg version of Fabio though? <laughs> Oh, like, man. you know what? I know what it is. It's Furio from Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> I, think yeah, it it's, I think it's stereo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I brought that up because, you know, I also, you know, just by living where I lived, you're like Italian adjacent, even though I'm not Italian. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, I go to a place like that and my barometer for a good New Jersey like pizza place is an eggplant parm. Where I'm okay. like, I'm All like, right. however you present this eggplant parm to me is the barometer of what I think of your establishment. Like if you I go, like you go into one of these places. What's your like baseline? This is how I know if this place is good. But I like that you're bringing this up because I feel like, all right, if you're going to go to a diner, you have to try the pancakes. If the pancakes suck, okay. like, then you know that the rest of it's fucked. Sure, sure. Uh, if you're going into a pizza place, if they offer a grandma's or a tomato pie, mm-hmm. then you know you're in for something good. Oh, okay. You know okay, I mean? right. That won't be like the thing that I would go to, but if you offer it, I know that you know what's up. It's like you're coming from the old school model. Yeah, yeah. Like right. the, the sauce is on top. <laughs> it's The sauce right. is prominent. So you're about this tomato pie. I'm just getting knowledgeable of this thing. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, it's important. It's important. (laughs) Here's the thing. Also, too, I'm I'm lactose intolerant. I can't really fuck with cheese too much. It destroys me, even though I I think it's delicious. Sure. Uh, But for me, as as a as a a connoisseur of food, (laughs) or just an Italian fucking scumbag, like it's got to be like the sauce and the bread are what's important. Everything else is filler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's just like if if I like a record, like. Like I, the drums and the and the vocals have to be good. Everything else is kind of just like like the 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 filling of the Oreo. You know what I mean? <laughs> so wait, let's use this analogy. I like it. Say <laughs> right. say we're in a rock band scenario. Yeah. Like who's the sauce? Who's the cheese? Who's the crust? Okay, so well the 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 drums are the are the bread, right? Okay. The crust. Okay. And, and the the vocals are the sauce. Sure. Okay. And then everything else is like the cheese and and the toppings. I feel like. Because right. that shit's interchangeable. It doesn't matter. Like if I don't like the voice along with that, or if I don't like the lyrics, I can't get into the band. Sure. And if the drummer sucks, or it doesn't like not not that he sucks, or like because here's the thing: you can you can not have the chops, but but be perfect for a band. If the drummer isn't correct or like crusty and fucking like like perfect, have that nice little crunch to it, then I'm, I'm not in either. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. All right. Now I'm wondering, like, so what kind of that means your cheese? Yeah. All right. So yeah, I can do that. So you're happy with being like a nice, nice yeah. salty mozzarella? That's good I, for you. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I know my role in a band. You know what I mean? Sure. I, yeah. I think with age, it's come to to into to more into the forefront of my my knowledge of yeah, like yeah. you know songwriting and stuff like that. But it's really it's about servicing the the song. Yes. You know, it's it's so much less about look at me, look what I can do, mm-hmm. look what I've added. Because um, if the song sucks and it doesn't work, then then there's no fucking point. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know what? I'm, <laughs> here, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I was just uh, I just played a, a show down in uh, in Mexico City. Yeah, and uh, and for that. after show food, they they got pizza, uh-huh. right? And this is what showed up. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna text it to you right now. Okay. Here, <laughs> and uh, and I'll tell you this is why. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if the cheese is good, uh, wait. I, I, that's why I haven't saved your number in my phone yet. I had to get your number for my, my wife, by the way. I didn't have your number. <laughs> I find that funny. I was going to bring that up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. If you fucking, if you fuck with the, uh, the ratio or the mm-hmm. amount, it's going to be garbage. That's right. You know what I mean? And what we did was we looked at this thing, we took pictures of it, laughed, and then threw it the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's got their space on a pizza pie, right? And if you yeah. 
if you encringe too much sauce, too much cheese, too yeah, bready, any shit. of it. Wait till I just wait. Oh yeah. yeah. What oh, is that? All right. What the fuck is that? Dude? Brad, we're gonna have to put this up on the uh, Patreon. Yeah, and then and it's then a this lot was of the- cheese. I gotta <laughs> say, I gotta be honest, Brad. I'd eat that. That looks all right. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no. I'm gonna send you the vegan. I've also as well. never been to Mexico, so I'm not sure oh, no? if that's oh my god. Strangely, oh, it's I have fucking wonderful. I know. I've been, I'll keep I have to get I to Mexico City. <laughs> I love it there, even without the, uh, the pizza. <laughs> so, I mean, going back to, to Chambersburg and stuff, are your grandparents, great-grandparents, are they like first-generation immigrants, second-generation? Um, like, how's, how so far does your family go back? My grandparents are uh, second-generation, so their parents were off the boat. Okay. And yeah. and do you know much about that story? Like, like um, um, were you close with, with that part of your family growing up? Not really. They had uh, I, my great grandmother. I knew um, everybody else had passed away before I was born. Okay. Uh, but I think what happened was like you know they came off the boat. Uh, my great grandfather he went into like working in the mines in in Pennsylvania. Oh wow! And then somehow uh, ended up working for like uh, like uh, like a. a ceramic toilet company huh. like made those oh, and then somehow moved no to, to Trenton from there. Okay. My great grandmother was like one of like a, one of eight or something like that. And okay. Her, and uh, their parents passed away early on. They went into an orphanage and my great grandmother, when she became of age, she married my great grandfather and they worked hard enough together to get all the kids out of the orphanage. I remember wow. that was like the big story. Holy shit. Yeah. Isn't it amazing the things we come up with to to feel like our our days are difficult? You know, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I don't know. Is that all true, or they just made that shit up? Like, Good point. Good you point. Know? Like, who knows? I know when you hear this stuff, <laughs> yeah. it's true. When I was a kid, I had to walk through the snow to get your orphans. <laughs> <laughs> to get your orphans. Yeah. Oh my god. And um, like, how tied to like when you go to Italy and you travel and stuff like that? Do you feel like a connection to stuff like that or you kind of define more as like an american like a punk rocker that kind of thing <laughs> like an american abroad yeah uh, yeah you yeah. know here's the thing uh, so the first time i ever went to italy i i was actually i was lucky enough i went with my my high school oh cool and and we visited uh southern italy we were in rome we made it to sicily where uh where my family's from messina um and i think my mom's side was from palermo so i got to go to like all these different places um, and, and then when, uh, like that was like a, an, like almost like a, an exchange program thing. We like, we got to go for like two weeks just to experience it. And it was awesome. I didn't go back until much later and I was touring. And of course, like, I don't know if, if you have the same experience, Benny, but like when I tour, like you only ever hit like Northern Italy, you yeah, know, for right, some reason, right. it's always just like Milan or Venice, but like you never get to go down to, to like the, the end of the boot because it's like. It's like touring Florida. Like, you yeah, gotta, right. to, in order to tour there, you got to go all the way down and then go all the way back up. Yeah, and, and you're, you're going you're, to some pretty specialized scenes and stuff. When yeah, you're and down it's like there. three yeah. to four days of, sure. of touring just yeah. to do like that one city. So I, I never got to go down there like in the touring aspect. And um, and so when uh, I I first made like a, a decent you know chunk of change, I sent my dad, and my grandfather, and my great uncle uh, to Italy because they had never gone. Oh, cool. And they ended up like looking up in the phone book, like, 
you know, looking up Airo mm-hmm. and and start and like made friends with somebody there somehow. Oh, really? That was like somewhere from the lineage. So they okay. did that. Some deep, deep I, cousin or something. Yeah, and she wow. was like a doctor. I don't oh, know. That's cool as cool. fuck. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, and I think my dad actually still uh, stays in touch with the the person that he met when they were over there. Great, I love that. Yeah, but me. I don't want I, you know, I, I, I have a hard enough time making, you know, talking to people that I know (laughs) (laughs) fucking, Hey, uh, we don't know each other, but we have the same last name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You want to be friends? I know. I I got time for that shit. I often marvel at people who go on those quests, you know, I I have the same idea as you is like, every time I look up and I think I have some, I'm like, all right, I got some free time who are like the 17 people that really deserve my time that I've been ignoring. (laughs) Not yeah. going on a quest for like long lost relatives and shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I definitely exactly. understand that. So you had that um I heard that your your uh musical background was from your family, like specifically even your grandfather, right? That was drums. Yeah. Yeah. So he so, taught you how to rock the drums. My dad and my and my grandfather, you know. Um so my, my grandfather was a drummer. What he kind played- of drummer? Like uh, jazz, uh, big band, cool. uh, old standards and stuff like that. He yeah. had like a, a longstanding gig at the speakeasy in Trenton called, uh, the Marrow Inn. And Whoa. it was like, you would drive down like route one or something like that. I think yeah. it was route one. That sounds, and yeah, route one. it looked like there was like an old like car dealership. But if you like made this right-hand turn into this unmarked driveway, you, if you went down into like the forest, there was this fucking restaurant and, uh, and it was like. The same people would go every weekend, and it was just like, like this crowd. Uh, and it was always packed, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They would play. Wow! And it was fucking awesome. I would go down there. Like my dad played blues, uh, and, and so if he played a place on the weekends uh, that I couldn't go, you know, that like you know ABC would come in and, and make sure there's no one. So you were kids. actually going down to the Marrow, the Marrow, oh, and yeah. seeing, seeing your grandpa in Trenton. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, so like, cool. If I could, I would go see my dad play on the weekends because, like, all right. So my parents split up when I was three. They divorced when I was seven. So like, I would go down to Trenton on the weekends with my dad, and I'd either go see him play, or if it was like an unacceptable place that I couldn't go, like a biker bar or something like <laughs> right, that, like right. they'd send me to my grandfather's, and I'd go see him play with the jazz band. Wow. And the cool thing was, if you stayed up late enough till like after hours, the band would go to the diner, and in like three a.m. they'd have like breakfast. Oh. So love to be a to hang fly out. in the wall with that Dude. crew. Oh my goodness. Oh, it was crazy, man. You know, and they would they would do like the classic like uh scrambled eggs and french fries. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like killing it. That classic was, yeah, diner. Black coffee. Like oh. fucking it was awesome. Dude. So you what what age are we talking about that you're at the diner with this crew? Oh, like, you know, uh, you know, nine, ten. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You think so that like, gave you a little bit of like I don't know, like that take like almost the the romantic side of, oh, you know, the absolutely. Yeah, that side of it, that it, it gave you that taste early, you think? Oh, definitely. It was like this secret society, yeah. you know, that like no one knew about. And like, sure. I remember, you know, on like a Sunday, say like, all right, they both played on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, we'd be at my, my grandmother's house and sitting around the breakfast table. And they'd talk about the gigs that they played the night before. They'd pull these fucking giant, like date books, right? You know, like those like black date books that yeah. you get at CVS yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And they had these rubber bands wrapped around them, and all these papers shoved inside. And they'd be like, Oh, I got to be here this next weekend. I'm playing with this guy. Oh, I'm playing in this place. And it was like, they were like superheroes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they had this, like this other life that like nobody else that I, that knew me knew about, you know? And sure. I just wanted so badly to be a part of it. Did and you, so when I was a kid, like all I wanted to do was either be in a band or make monster movies. <laughs> Did you that ever have it. a point like when you got older? 
Because I can imagine like you're in the moment, you're nine and 10. You're like, oh my God, look at these, look at these kings. You know, yeah. just played the show and now you're at the dial. Like what independence, what coolness. <laughs> and did you like get to a point when you started playing music and seeing what the actual kind of, kind of grind is like being like, oh shit, like. <laughs> what did I get myself was, into? Or, or like, it must've been <laughs> tough at times for like my grandpa and my dad and like, like, like yeah. they must've kind of gone through some of the same, like, uh, you know, green room, you know, dingy back, <laughs> you know, backlit shit that you have to, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, so like the first tour I ever went on was going with my dad and he would, they would have like this thing where they, all right, for the summer, we're going to go down to Virginia beach. And there was like three or four clubs that they would play for like two weeks down there, like, uh, okay. you know, on the boardwalk or like a know, little like residency kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I got to see like, you know, these, these bars after hours, like, you know, where they would hang out, get changed in the background and mm. in the back rooms and, you know, go out and play. And, you know, I was like his, his drum tech basically, like, right. you know, at like 13 and, um, and yeah, so like, but my dad also was aware of all the pitfalls of it. Okay. You know what I mean, like yeah. he'd been around it for a really long time. He was a studio musician for a long time. Like he worked in the city. He wrote for modern drummer. He's, he'd been around it all, yeah, you know? Yeah. And he saw like, you know, you used to tell me like, listen, there's the music and then there's the music business. And one very often has nothing to do with the other, mm. you know? And he's like, I think seeing over the years, so many musicians that like had such talent, just not make it, you yes. know, and, and, and fail. <laughs> yes, sure. And he just, you know, he didn't want that for me. So I think it was hard for him to see me like, uh, want this so bad that like, you know, and drop out of school and, and do all that stuff and go on tour. And, uh, he was very much like, please just like, you can do this, but like get your education first. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a big struggle because I felt like I, I get what you're saying, but like I'm in school and I'm not learning anything about what I want to do. And right now opportunity is knocking. And I feel like if I don't take this opportunity, then uh, I'm going to regret it forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, um, I think it was hard for him to see me take that route, but I think ultimately he understood. And, um, you know, it's just like one of those things where it, it paid off and, and, and I, I know that I'm a fucking unicorn in that respect, you know right, I mean? Like right, that right, right. not, yeah. it's not supposed to happen. You know Small I mean? percentage like, take, take oh the leap God. and then get yeah. there. Yeah, sure. sure. So, you know, I, I get where he, he, he was coming from of with course. that, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, it was like, it was, it's a lot of like, Oh God, glad that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit. How does that, how does that frame you moving forward? Like say one of your kids who are, I, right. I'm thinking getting into their fairly substantial teenage years. Yeah. Like a couple of them. I have, to, I have twin girls that are, that are 12 right. and my son just turned 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if, if any of them say in a few years is showing like, that real interest like you were where like, yes, I'm going to school. Yes. I'm doing other things, but this is clearly like my right. focused interest. Like how are you going to play it? You think? I don't know, man. It's, it's rough. Right. Cause I, I'm in the same position. Like I, I see the pitfalls. I know how yeah, lucky right. uh, I am to be where I am. Um, but at the same time, like I, I understand that uh, it's their life. you know, like, mm. there's, it, there's only so much I can do. I can, I can teach them as much as I can. I can, I can, uh, I can, you know, I can give them like controlled experiences. Yeah. Um, you know, I can hold their hands, but at some point they're going to need to fall. They're going to need to get scars on their own. Mm -hmm. And as, as difficult as that's going to be for me, um, uh, and as difficult as it's going to be for them, like it's a learning experience. Like, you know, 
we are the people that we are because of the things that we've gone through and the things that we've experienced. Sure. Um, I've learned more about life in general from my, my, my missteps and my failings than I have from my successes, mm. you know? Yeah. So, maybe that's um, the important part, right? Is like, it is, it's man. not like, trying to control the, the missteps. It's trying to create a person who can handle themselves that amidst can handle a midstep, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not about falling down because everybody falls down. Sure. It's the ones that get back up that that can do something. You know what I mean? Yo, you're so, going to get a hologram at the turnpike stop if you keep talking like that. That's some, <laughs> that's some inspirational <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> John Bon Jovi rest yeah, stop. You're going to take over the Jovi. That's going to be you soon. I'd love to see but it's, it. You know, it's true, man. Yeah, And uh, it's one of those things where I think it's, it's, it's hard for us. Again, like the same thing about like leaving when they're babies, like it's harder for us than it is for them. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, yeah. And as hard as it is to, to watch your, you know, your, your, your kid, you know, go through something difficult and, and, and be sad or cry or long for something like it, it's better to do that now than to <laughs> have them like, you know, yeah. to protect them their entire life. And then all of a sudden they're fucking 30 years old and everything fell apart because, sure. you sure. know, they didn't get what they wanted. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. ah, shit, man. Yeah, so, I think that's a, that's, I think that I struggle with that just with, um, not just like my own kids, but I wonder, and I've been thinking about it recently, almost the, let's, I'm just going to use the example for myself because it's the only reference I have, which is mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an insomniac since I was like eight, nine years old. And I spend a lot of time in the middle of the night wide awake and I don't gotcha. want to, uh, <laughs> And, and <laughs> I, I'm kind of the same yeah, way, by the and, way. Go and ahead. when I reflect on it, you know, I look back in like old journals and books, like from, you know, touring and stuff like that. And a lot of the writing is like, it's three in the morning. <laughs> I'm in a hallway with the only light I can find. Like, I'm literally like... <laughs> all alone yeah, when everyone's all around. All alone, yes. <laughs> staring into the middle distance, you know, like just totally like a freak, you know, and like yeah. writing like that. And the one thing I've realized, I'm like, wow, I don't write like that much anymore. And I'm like, oh, it's because like at the same time, I'm like, oh, let me open up my penguin aisle video game and, and you know, <laughs> feed my penguins for a while and upgrade a couple <laughs> habitats and, you know, maybe listen to a pod and, and then I get back to sleep and I'm not as terrified, you know? Um, yes. But the one thing that it let me do was I went through like a heavy, heavy existential crisis as a young person. Which, of course, I'm still going through as any, you know, self-respecting uh, adult is. <laughs> but, like, you know, I've come to terms with a lot. And I do think there might be something to say for the fact that the maybe the biggest pitfall of the new technology may be the inability to get to that space young. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if, you know, all of a sudden you're going to run into something in, in life that's going to make you have to think about this. And if right. you never took the time and constantly distracted yourself in the, the dark times of the night or the creepy times in the morning or uh, alone in a shower, alone taking a shit when your head starts to do some interesting things, I, you know, I feel like we're almost birthing like a new breed of existential crisis. We're not giving people like the tools, you know? That's scary as fuck. And, <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and I brought that up with, with, our, with our kids and your kids, you know, almost the same way where it's like, um, h- how much do you want to shield them from, from the darkness? Because right. it's a scary place. Or how- well, I will say this too. You know, I, I feel like 
it, it is the person, you know? Right. And yeah, you know, like everybody can get dark, blah, blah, blah. But like, there's certain people that, I mean, and I've, you know, I, I've found this out through touring and meeting new people and, and, you know, experiencing different cultures and stuff like that. Like, that don't go there. Oh my God. Like some people right? actually have they just, like a very wonderful outlook yes. and just are happy people. Yeah. Right. And as much as that fucking drives me nuts, <laughs> like, you know, with, uh, you know, I guess with jealousy, but also like, how the fuck are you okay yeah, right now? Right. You know right, I mean? right. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you got to let them be that because they have to be able to let you get dark. Yes. Yeah. And it is almost perplexing. I understand it too. I'm not jealous of those people. I'm always like, what do you? You're not? I'm not, you know, in the, in the way that I'm really see somebody that can like, that can just have a good time. I got, and, like, you know, I might, I might've used to been like that when I was younger, the same reason I was jealous of Thursday, it's a curious you know jealousy. what I mean? It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, yeah, sure. You're doing something I want to do, but <laughs> uh-huh. I'm happy you're doing it. Like uh, yeah, I, no, I am, no, no, yeah. I am like rooting I for people jealousy. all the time and I'm happy oh when God, people yeah. get it for sure. Uh, it's a it's yeah. a longing jealousy. I, yeah. I, like it's a curiosity as well. Like what? How, why is your brain wired in a way that you can just be happy right. and and not worried about this fucking weird situation that I've invented in my head that I'm worried about? You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. And there's that's some, just crazy to me. And there's some weird like you know that's where if we really begin to look into this stuff, like I was uh, I spent a night at someone's house in in Orange County very recently. And, you know, they're seeing what I'm going through to get asleep, stay asleep, you know, like total fucking mm-hmm. nightmare of a person. <laughs> and, and, and I'm talking to them and, and, and I'm like, so what, what do you, like, how's your sleep? They're like, yeah, you know, I usually like go to sleep and, you know, like uh, eight hours later, I uh, wake up. Wake up, yeah. And I'm like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Wait, How do you yeah, do that? Like, yeah, wait, wait, have you controlled the temperature yeah. and also have like a fan? Yeah. But then I wonder, I'm what like, are you diffusing? I'm, I'm sitting there living in downtown Jersey City. Uh-huh. It's a fucking nightmare most of the time, even though exciting, you know, it's, it's uh-huh. stressful and it's 25 degrees outside and I got to like, uh, you know, walk a dog and put, you know, seven layers on my kid just to move outside and go a block. Uh-huh. And, and then I see this and I'm like, look at your Sarge, you wake up every day. 70 degrees, <laughs> you know, you can fucking pick an orange from, from the tree in your backyard. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you don't have kids, you know, like, yeah. Like, and you were raised in this where like that thing just maybe never got planted inside of you, you know? Yeah. But also at the same time, I feel like, all right, say you and I, we move out there for some reason. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, everything's going to be on fire. Oh my God. <laughs> like it's going to, it's going to be washed away. Right. It's not right, on right, fire. Right. Like, right. Right. Mud you know, slide. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to worry about. That's true. But it's just the way that we're wired, mm. you know? So why are we wired? Like, what do you think your, what's your explanation for that? Aliens. Uh, do you th- uh, <laughs> I was no, going to ask you about that. Anyway, <laughs> I have no idea. We could- I, I just think it's like, I think that as artists, mm-hmm. I think we are hypersensitive to things and hypersensitive to, uh, to feelings in general, Mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, to being, uh, empathetic to knowing, to wondering what other people are thinking and feeling and what we're doing, how that's affecting other people and how Mm -hmm. that's how, what they're doing is affecting us. I think that, uh, what we're experiencing, what we're talking about right now are just the side effects of that hypersensitivity. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and it's the only way that we're able to, to do and make what we make, mm. you know, cause normal people, I, I mean, 
for the most part, the, the experiences that I've seen, like they're not inventing worlds from nothing on a daily or hourly basis. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, normal people go to, to work and, and they, they do their job and then they come home and they don't normally bring all of that shit home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm constantly thinking about you know, like inventing things. Like I'm thinking about artwork and I'm thinking about music and I'm thinking about arrangements and, and, and all of that shit at a constant, like hyper fucking pace. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think that that translates somehow into our worry and cause I'm, you're always thinking two to five to 10 steps ahead. You know, <laughs> what is the, what is the, um, what is the outcome of this? Or, you know, what is right, the, uh, right, right. Yeah, you know, sure. like if I do this, then this and this and this and this will happen. Or if I write this, then this will come next. And it's like, it's just a, it's a constant thing. So like you're saying without that hypersensitivity and, and feeling it like as you go outside and connecting with the world, you you wouldn't be able to bring that back into the creation process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's just like, it's just a, um, it's just a side effect of, of the, the wonderfulness of it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's the demon that comes along. I mean, on the same token, like I, I completely agree. And I think uh, people who carry a large degree of empathy uh, often can carry a lot more sadness. Oh, absolutely. You know, because of, of your ability to, to see things on somebody else's shoes. But on the same token, you're also in a business that is completely based on the court of public opinion, right? So <laughs> how right. do you like, like stay, you know, hypersensitive to the world in order to create and then either shut or not shut that down when you're getting feedback on your work? Right. It, that's, that's a weird thing, man. Cause you're, and you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know how, but I know that I only listen to, to the bad opinions but I somehow also don't let it ever seep into the writing process. Wow. Because if you're writing for somebody else, then it, you're, you might as well stop. Of course. You know? Um, but I, I definitely only listen to the bad shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure. like if somebody somewhere is like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that song sounds like a fucking uh, duck shitting on the sidewalk. I'm like, Oh God, it does. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing I'll, that'll stick in my fucking head. Even right. if it's wrong, I know it's wrong. That's the only thing that that sticks out. Still grabs you, yeah, yeah. But again, I think that's just like being a masochist. Um, (laughs) Right, 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 right. You got to torture yourself to get to the next step. Oh, you have to. Like you have to think you're shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. Like like when you fall in love with somebody and they like you back, you're like, oh no, what's wrong with you that you like me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. It's your misgiving that's making. Oh, it's a terrible feeling. Um, It is. But I, I wonder if that's like the the East Coast like. Italian, like whipping yourself thing. Cause like you can't, it, there's a fine line between being confident and being boastful. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than that fucking like boastful East coast thing. Oh, like, Oh God, fuck that. Pe- <laughs> those people. Like I can't, can't deal with people that think they're, they're good at anything. <laughs> yeah. And even if, you know, I think that's the important thing too, is even if you know, like, don't say it. Exactly. You know, don't say it. Like, you know, the, no. the coolest people, the, you don't have to say it. You know, exactly. just do it's your like giving work. yourself a nickname. Do, oh God. <laughs> do you have a, have you ever a nickname ever stuck with you? 
I don't think so. No. I mean, not one that people say. <laughs> not, <about laughs> not that one you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to get your insight on something because, you know, the yep. more and more I, I look into your background, A, I'm shocked that we don't know each other better because we've <laughs> yep. literally been traveling in the same, like literally, I think we were at pipeline shows together and we oh, never shit, really yeah, connected. Yeah. yeah. I heard you talking Dude. about that in a different Fuck yeah, man. And I'm, I'm like Weston at the pipeline. I'm pretty sure I was there. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, but also, you know, I, I, I can tell you, you really came from like the proper, like underground Jersey experience, same as I, you know, and, mm-hmm. So you've uniquely managed to do something that very few people have done, which is go from like a proper underground, like punk hardcore scene to like proper mainstream success. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm curious in your experience, what would be uh, like a stereotype or a misgiving about the music industry and bands that's totally overblown and not true? Mm. And what's one that is completely true? Wow. Um, Jeez, I don't know. Um, one thing that's that's not true about bands, I guess. Yeah, or like you know the Spinal Tap version of what we think is like mainstream success and what's happening to people <laughs> okay. at the time, you know. All right. So, well, how about this? All right. So two days ago, um, we played in Philly <clears throat> at uh, First Unitarian. Great. That was my first, actually, my first time playing First Unitarian. Wow. My first time being there too, because really, every time I swear, dude, every time there's a show there, I'm on fucking tour, and I'm like, oh god damn it, like I want to go so bad. Jimmy has always, you know, like raved about going to shows there. Sure, yeah. And seen all the shows that I wanted to see, um, but I've never actually gotten to be there. And then finally, like we booked a show there. Yeah, I mean, I in fairness, where you grew up, you were getting the same exact tours in New York or, or North Jersey, yeah. like. And, but still, like yeah. you know, you there's something about like these uh, iconic venues, sure, and and there's just a spirit about yeah, it. Yeah, the you church know I mean? has a vibe. Church has it a vibe. does, man. It's just like an instrument yeah. does, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but we'll get into that. So you were there two days ago. So I was there two days ago. And, you know, we're upstairs, we have that, that green room yeah, area uh-huh. and all our Philly friends came out. Like, it was really nice to see a bunch of people. And what we did for two hours was <laughs> there was this, this garbage can, like a recycling garbage can that had a lid on it with, um, a, the hole on top was about the size of a Coke can. Uh-huh. And somewhere along the way, someone had gotten a miniature, um, uh, rubber ducky. Okay. <laughs> And for two hours, we we spent throwing the rubber ducky <clears throat> and trying to get it into the hole <laughs> of the yeah, of the recycling uh-huh. can. And everyone, everyone in the room was so involved and took turns super doing super invested. Oh my god! Yeah, to the point, and we were getting so close, so much. Like there was like wars from the crowd, and like <laughs> people being like, "You fucking suck! Are you kidding?" Me? <laughs> and all our kids were there too, and they're talking shit. It was amazing. Wow! And it was like two, maybe two and a half hours, and then Tucker finally sunk one. Oh, Tucker finished it. Tucker finished uh, it. But like Central Jersey, that, great athletes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: like no one, like. Mostly sober people, you know what right, I mean? Like right, right, right. not, 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 nothing on the rider, like not a bottle on the rider. Mm. It was just, it was just pure fucking unadulterated fun. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so this is, and, and, and at this stage in the game, we're talking about all grown ass adults, like four, oh, yeah. this is a group of 40 year olds <laughs> doing this. 40, yes, yeah. 40 plus. Right, right. <laughs> Dude. I love it. And it was, it. it was maybe the most fun. 
I had backstage in a long time. So that's a highlight of how <laughs> that almost was a highlight like, of tour, dude. But it almost yeah. a highlight how like painfully normal sometimes the things behind the scenes are when people have a, a different conception of it. I guess, yeah. You know, when you enjoy the company of the people that you're with. Yeah, right. You can like you can make fun out of anything, man. That's and true. also, too, the other misconception of like, oh, they're probably backstage partying and doing those. Things. Yeah, kinda, but but yeah. it's not the partying you think. Yeah, not you know at, I mean? not at this age, kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, no. You want me to run around on stage? <laughs> like, I can't fucking party the night before. You nuts? No way. Yeah. <laughs> so, what on the other side? Uh-huh. Let's say, what is like the most uniquely? spinal tapian experience that you went through at like the height of things, like where you were just like, what the fuck is this? Um, well, I, I, I still get contracts from Warner brothers from my cam that have Frank Lero on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Binding agreements. Good. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they still think my name is Frank Lero. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't wind up, wind up in the crowd in space jam too, for that one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As a Warner brothers property. <laughs> one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So, I mean, did you ever wind up in like, in like a house or a room or being pitched by somebody or something where you're just like, this is the ultimate like thing that I never thought I'd see and here I am? pitched what anything like like a label pitching you uh you know uh hey why don't you come get sponsored by mountain dew and we'll do this or something (laughs) like like what's the craziest shit that came your way at that time oh man like at the height yeah yeah um we definitely got you know a couple of like 
you know, like a Pepsi thing or like uh, here and there. And, and, and that's like, you know, it's funny, man, definitely like coming from the underground, right. And coming from like, you know, punk rock and hardcore and, and, and like the small shows of our youth and like that, that call of sellout, right. Yeah. Hearing that oh. shit over and over again, it gets in your head and that, that, sure. that self-loathing becomes very real. Yeah. I you know? went through that very hardcore for sure. It's rough, man. Yeah. You know, like, and like I'm sitting there drinking a fucking Pepsi and thinking like, I can't ever be in a, in a commercial for this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And it's like, why the fuck not dude? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you start thinking like, nobody's, nobody's listening to fucking radio anymore. And if they're listening to that, like streaming shit, they're listening to 30 seconds of your song anyway. Yeah. So why not put your song in a fucking commercial where people are actually going to hear it for a product that you're currently fucking drinking? Right. Like, like I'm going to drink this silly. anyway. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Spotify, guess what? They ain't paying you fucking shit, but Pepsi wants to give you some money to put your fucking commercial. Like, but I remember going through a real thing with that and saying, no, like, no, there's no way we can do that because, right. you know, this, this, and this, and it's art and we can't make money from our art. And like the whole idea that it's okay for pop stars and, and hip hop artists to make money, but rock, you know, rock guys can't have any money yeah, or can't right. ever make it, you know, can't ever make a living. Like, I don't know what the fuck that is, man. It's, it's yeah, rough, when, dude. I, I'm always curious about that too. Cause you know, Obviously, I feel like like uh, if Dave Grohl, who's, you know, this is I'm the everyman, you know, I look right. like you, I act like you, you know, started doing certain things, people would be so maybe horrified by it. But then I look at like all of our heroes, you know yeah. what I mean? Was Robert Plant subdued? Was was Freddie Mercury? Was was <laughs> were no, the Beatles? Like, exactly. Like these were the most like these were promotional monsters. People but also too like, dude. Dave Grohl's wearing Subi jeans. Like those motherfuckers are like $600 a pair. <laughs> you know what I mean? They might look trash, but those motherfuckers right, are expensive. Right, right, He's right. going to Fred Siegel to get those fucking jeans. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, that, well, that's always <clears throat> another thing, right? Is like when you think of s- some of these people who are in the mainstream like that, it's like how much of this is you and how much is like a character you've, you've created right. to, to be here. Um, I mean, I know and that's not a knock, man. No, fuck I mean, that, I like, mean, you deserve to wear whatever the fuck you want to wear. Of course. Like, that's cool. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't fault anybody for that. No, shit. Like, no. It's all I know? think it's more of a, you know, a look on like the things that, as we discussed earlier, you're taking often the most like hypersensitive and vulnerable types of people exactly. and giving them the most attention and a bunch of money and expecting them to, you know, deal with it absolutely perfectly and stuff. It's a it's a little naive. Um, it is, where, but also where where it gets shitty is where we do this thing. We 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 like to build people up so that we can tear them down, so that we can find that one fault, you know, in them that we can we can be like, oh, see, he's no fucking, he's not, he's no saint. It's like no shit, like nobody said I was, but you built me up to that. Right. You built me up to this expectation in your head so that you could tear me down later, and um, that I think that's just like one of those things where it's a. Uh, you know, it's a self projection on, on people. And, um, we want, we want our rock stars to be big and, and, and larger than life until we, until we, we want them to be less than us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Often. Yeah. Often. It's the same thing though with, with, with any kind of public figure, sure. I believe. Now, I mean, like that being said, uh, you know, I've also dealt with the same things. I've turned down some things where I'm like, why did I turn that down? Like yeah. I could use the scratch. Somebody else made the scratch. Who yep. probably didn't need the scratch as much as I did, <laughs> totally. you know, and yeah, I, yeah. I get, I completely get it. And I've, I've gone through the same exercise, but the other exercise I go through is like, okay, 
I get I'm playing the game. I get I'm part of this and people are making big time money and I got to get mine. Like whatever, that's fair. That's life. But mm-hmm. like where do we bring the the ethics of what we came up with into it? Like where do you draw I think the line? It's, I think it's when when the art doesn't become paramount. Mm. Right? Like if you wrote a song and you wrote it and it came from from like the the most pure artistic place inside of you. You 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 invented this world, you you created something, right? And then you you released it and then, you know, say somebody came to you and was like, hey, I would love to use this for this, blah, 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 blah. That's cool. Right. I think when you go and you're like, oh man, I gotta fucking write a song that's gonna be right, a hit right, so right, that right. I can get into when when that becomes the motive, I think I think it starts at that level. Sure. You know, because also too that shit is it's you can smell that shit from a mile away. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that, that, you know, there's not a place for people out there that write jingles and things of that no, nature, blah, sure. blah, blah. You know, there's a place for all of that, you know. But I think uh, you have to be straight up about what your intention is and and, and what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's where I, 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 I had this conversation with a friend of mine, uh, Jordan, on, on, on his podcast recently, like, where I don't trust tourists, where it's like, I don't trust people that come in with these ulterior motives of, you know, like ladder climbers mm-hmm. or people that like, you know, are doing this for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're an artist and and you like, I'm in this shit because I can't fucking do anything else. I don't want to do it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's breathing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh-huh. it's, it's, I'm not even thinking about, um, you know, Oh, I want to be a rock star. You know, like, yeah, I wanted to be, part of the secret society that my, my, my grandfather and my, my father did, right. but like, but that ended at eggs and fries. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to go to the dining room. Right. Yeah, exactly. But for me, like I needed to write songs in order to be like the person that I wanted to be in order to be the husband mm-hmm. that I want to be right. the, and the father. Like that's my end game. Like it satiates me, uh, as a human being to be, to be creative, you know? So as long as you find the thing you're doing in line with that, then it's still cool. I think so. Yeah. I mean, at least that that is, that's what it is for me. But like, you know, if you're if you're if your end game is like, here's here's what my biggest problem I think with uh, with like say like a, a the younger outlook on things is when you ask a, a child like, what do you want to be when you grow up, and they say famous, Ugh. that's a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like if your end game is, I just want to be famous. I want people to, to know that I exist. I, I don't know if I, I can fucking, I can adhere to that. You know, I, if you want to be famous for an accomplishment or for something that you're making or doing, then that's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, it's okay to get accolades for something that you, you did. But if you're just, you know, trying to be in the public view, like whether it's like, you know, like, I just want people to, to know that I'm here exists that like, that then translates into the things of like when you're on tour and somebody tries to say the, like the most shitty fucked up thing that they could possibly say to you so that you remember them. Oh, like that's right. a fucked up yeah. problem. Sure. You know, and that happens all too often yeah. these days of like, oh, I don't know what I'm like. I can't really offer you anything, but you're going to fucking just let me get me. my name on the map. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's some Mark David Chapman shit. Sure. And I can't fucking deal with yeah, that. Yeah, that's some classic all time trolling. The one thing I, I kind of empathize, though, with a little from my own experience is like, like I didn't come from musicians and I kind of found my own unique path to this. And like mm-hmm. one of the things I uniquely remember from my first show that I ever played, I played three songs, two of which were covers. 
a three song set and That's I, awesome. and I'm outside and a girl that was like two years older than me in middle school, like talked to me for about like <laughs> 90 seconds. Yeah. Just like, Hey, you, you guys did good. I'm like, Oh my God, why do you even know who I am? Like, this is weird. And there was something about that. I don't think it's being famous. I don't think it's that it's the idea that like, this is the first time in my sentient life so far that I'm like, Oh wait, am I like good at this? And can this be a thing for me? And like, and I wonder, I'm like, how much, if I never got any of that feedback, am I even playing music? I don't know. You know, it's okay to get accolades for something that you did though. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like you, you did something to, 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 um, to acquire that attention. I played a bomb by SNFU. Fuck, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. That, see, here's the thing. Like, same thing with my dad. Like, my dad, yeah, he played. He he got into playing drums because of my my his father, my grandfather. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get hooked until he he was practicing and he looked out the the basement window and he saw the neighborhood kids dancing. Ah. Like he made someone dance, and that was like that made the connection for him. That's cool. You know. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's what it was for me too. Like it was seeing that a song I wrote moved somebody and, and, and created like a connection. Like that was a fuck. That was, that was the spark. That was the moment, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it could be, yo dude, like there's nothing wrong with being like, yo, I wrote this song and it got me a girl. And then I got fucking excited about like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's okay. Cause you fucking did it. Like you did something. Well, it certainly it wasn't, wasn't like- sports, sir, you know, or, or, or my, my rap that was getting me there, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have, to reap the benefits of something. Sure. If you're actually sowing the field. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, now, like when you guys were, Going through that as a band in in those years, were you fairly unified in the the things you were willing to take on, the things that you thought were too much, or was that any kind of like, um, you know, uh, not not seeing the same exact goal in the end? No, I think I think we were as far as my camp was concerned. I, we were our work ethic was was very much like the the blue collar jersey work ethic. Yeah, like you yeah, put in your sure. fucking time. You, you never complained. You just did it. And if somebody like was slacking, you let them hear it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and those were stressful times, I think. Um, but it's, it, it's what we needed to do in order to, to make it what it, what it became. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, um, we, we knew that it was like, you know, it was luck. It was, it was, uh, it was talent, but it was also perspiration. Yes. So, uh, you know, early on, it was like the rules of, of the van were like, you know, like no one's girlfriend's allowed in here. You fucking show up to practice early and you get all your, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it was yeah, like yeah. militant, sure, you know? Sure. Uh, and at times it wasn't always fun. Fuck no, no dude. Of course not. Like, yeah. you know, were people upset? Hell yeah. Do I want to you know, play they, this song again? No, I don't. No, but yeah, you're going to fucking gonna do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing though. Cause like, especially in Jersey, like there's a thousand other fucking bands here yeah. and they're really fucking good. So we better be great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you need to justify your spot on that show. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's just always how, how it went. And so when we showed up to practice, it was, it was like, punch your time card. Cause you're going to fucking be here. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. And, and that, but that allows it now to be like, yeah, now I'm fucking 41 and yo, I got to take my daughter to soccer practice. And everybody's like, cool. I understand because right. I got to do I got to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But 
I put my time in and, uh, and I, I have those chops. I have those calluses. Yes. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that I put in my time then <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that I could, so you can I go could to experience soccer practice everything now. now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Exactly. I heard this story how I know my chem was, was fairly well-formed by the time you got in. Like they were already uh, a pretty, pretty solid group, knew each other, already had some, yeah. some stuff out and stuff. And like, you know, you'd already played at a bunch of bands at that point and, and had been working for a pretty long time. And was there anything like, like you walk into that first My Chem practice and you start, you know, working with them. Was, was there anything that stood out about the guys, about the way they worked or the way they saw things that, that felt different that where you were like, oh, like this is different. And I think I can, I can like move with this in a different way than my other stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing, right? Every every band is unique, right? Every um, it's just like every relationship. I mean, um, the band works because of the four or five or six or however many people in that room at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that was, uh, I think, a hurdle for me was that yeah, they were all knew each other for a very long time before I joined the band. You know, Mikey and uh, uh, and Gerard, of course, are, are brothers. Sure. They grew up together, yeah. right? So they know everybody. You know, they know the move before you know the other one even says it. Um, Ray had played with them for a long time, and he had played with with Matt Otter uh, for a long time too. So, like, I was walking into a thing where um, we were friendly, but I was still the, the odd man the out, new still guy. stranger. Yeah, yeah, let's do the new guy. So it it was a lot of um, you know treading lightly. On, <laughs> on the stuff that was already written, but also putting your stamp on things that you could, you know? Sure. Um, the work ethic was already there, but that kind of seeped in though, I think from, from my, my past band, Pensy, because we had, we had a lockout, right? Uh, which was in Passaic Park. Uh, it was called Streets, I think yeah, it's still called. Uh -huh. And uh, everybody, you know, anybody that, that fucking does this shit for real, like had a lockout, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and most of them were at streets. Had to, had to, <laughs> right? had to. Had to, We had right? some dingy that's New fun. Brunswick spots. Nobody uh, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's, yeah, that's what you did. So like, you know, we would, you would go and you would practice. And if you were, you had practice next, you would go there early and watch the other band practice right, yeah. and then wait for your turn, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we knew that, you know, we, we were, we were in there to work. Um, so the work ethic was was pretty strong. I think the thing that that really struck me immediately was how incredible Ray was. Of course, really? okay. I mean, he was he was always, um, and no one I had ever met played like him. Wow, how so? You know, uh, his his roots came from from metal, but also classical. Oh, so, sure. Uh, the way that he was playing and and his picking style and and his fretting was was just light years huh. beyond that makes sense because he always gave me a bit of a brian may vibe so that, oh, that kind of yeah. makes sense yeah yeah and and he you know he learned from his brother and then just from you know from by ear just listening to his favorite records and stuff like that but his his tastes were were way more varied than the people that i was playing with. okay so that immediately was like oh shit like what he's doing right now i need to learn from him mm. and also uh, it's making my brain do other things. This isn't like four chord punk rock, right. you know, that I've been playing for, for years. Like That's I'm cool. actually going to grow and expand. And it, it was at first, uh, very intimidating, you know, sure. but, yeah, right. but that's, that's the stuff, man. Like 
if something scares the shit out of you, you got to fucking do it because yeah. that's how you're going to grow as an artist. Step up. You know? Yeah. Uh, the second thing that that of course struck me was was Gerard and how um, his voice just. I you know here's the thing, you can learn how to play guitar really really well if you have the time. You can sit down in your in your your room and and, and you can get really good at an instrument. Sure. Um, vocals are an instrument that you can't see. And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, you can work on that shit and you can probably hit a good pitch, but if you don't have a good voice, you're never going to have a good voice. Yeah. hundred percent. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, I, I, I know people are going to probably get mad about that. No, but, no. I luckily fucking, I had the wherewithal to give up in my teens, you know, <laughs> like, like I think it's smart. If, if, you, if you don't got Dude, one, don't, don't use you it. Have, yeah. I had a, I don't give a fuck. I'm still going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but with G, he was just born with this fucking voice that yeah. you wanted to hear. Even, you know, even like not being uh, trained, he he just had it. Yeah. And and he could write a fucking melody. He could write a fucking song. And so very it was like, charismatic right. voice, like right off the oh, bat. God, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, and but not uh, as charismatic as a person as he became. Right. OK, that was a learned quality, you know, that that and that just comes from doing it. You know, what I mean, was that part of had, what we were talking about earlier? Like, did Gerard have to go through that kind of, you know, this is me. This is what I'm presenting to the world. And then I got to find some balance in the middle there. I think so. I think it's like, you know, it, it's it's twofold. It's the 10,000 hours, but it's also um, it, it's also like I'm going to I'm going to fake it till I make it kind of thing. Like yeah, if I if yeah. I in real life, if I'm not confident. That, you know, and I don't like that about myself. I can be whatever I want to be on stage. Okay. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so he became, you know, who he needed to be. Right. And I think that that's the thing. Like, you know, you either, uh, you either get so scared that you, you can't move or you get so scared that you put on a persona and it, it seeps into your personality and becomes part of you later. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. 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 And, and she just, you know, there's a part, there's a part of him that was in there that he brought out and he dug it out and it, and it fucking, it, it, it became, you know, who, who he is now. Sure. And, and, and I think that that's a, it's a wonderful thing, man. It, it, Cause he's a fucking phenomenal artist. He really is. He's the kind of guy that, um, he doesn't have to, he's the kind of guy that can do anything mm, really, right, truly right, can. Right. And, uh, it may not be the greatest when it first comes out, but it's, it's inspired mm. and, and he can get to become the greatest at things if he works at it. Wow. You know, he's, but he's also the type of guy that motherfucker, he doesn't even have to like, he doesn't even have to warm up. Like he just got to, <laughs> right. he's just got that voice uh, at six in the morning. He's got that voice at fucking 3am. He's got that voice at 7pm. Yeah, like it's yeah. just, it's part of him. I mean, now we're older and it's sure. better to warm up and all that shit, but like motherfucker, like he's just got it, dude. He's, it's crazy how talented and for someone like you, you're just like, yo, I'm just like stoked to be I'm around. Just happy to be here. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, you know, like there's like, no like, I wish I was him. Like, it's just no, yeah, no, yeah. man. You seem pretty I, comfortable yeah. in that role with yourself. Yeah, which is good. So, yeah, I don't want, I don't want that. Like, and and also too though, I will say this: I didn't realize um, how difficult that job is yeah. until I ended up doing like solo stuff sure. and realizing like that I really believe that the hardest job in the, in the, in a band is being the drummer. And the second hardest job is, is being the front man or the singer. 
You know, it's it's such a. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, man. Like, you're the backbone of that band, and if you fuck up, everyone knows. Yes, that is everyone that is 100 percent true. You know, the only advantage if you're a and you fuck up, you can you can hand that off. You can. The, the only advantage I have, and I, I went through this in my own band, is like, you know, I was a little too fueled by kind of maybe the black flag get in the van sort of mentality mm-hmm. when I was younger and. You know, there were times like I used to get on my singers about like, hey, like that wasn't a good enough show, you know, or like or like <laughs> uh-huh. like you kind of took that one off, didn't you, pal? Like, like, what are we doing here? You know, <laughs> and then, you know, Brian actually Fallon ended up kind of putting me in my place one day, almost asking me like, hey, like, what do you do when you have a bad day? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I throw my hair over my face and fucking do my job and play drums. Uh-huh. He's like, you know, I can't do that. I got to fucking right. talk to everybody. Like I got to, regardless of how I'm feeling, yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh yeah, that sucks. Um. <laughs> also too, like think about this, right? Like you have this instrument that you can't see yeah, and it's affected by every single thing around you. Yeah. Like if there was a fucking window open last night, now you can't sing for two days. Right. It's like, fuck, yeah, yeah. that sucks, yeah, man. Yeah. It's true. So, Very tenuous yeah, in that way. It, it really is, man. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a strange predicament to be in. You know, when it's great, it's the fucking greatest. And when it's bad, it's the worst. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm the same as you. I mean, I'm super glad I found someone who can do that. And I'm glad I'm not that personally. Oh, same. But I I agree with you, man. Like, yo, I read fucking Get in the Van over and over and (laughs) over again. And I was like, yeah, man, like. Just fucking do it. Yeah. What you, you can't do six shows in a yeah. row. There's three people here. This could be their last goddamn show. They might drive in a truck and die yeah. after this. We owe it to them. They spent six dollars to be here. Yeah, like, I know. And a can of food. And a can of food. You know, they brought two. I get it, man. Yeah, no, I know. It's hard, dude. When you come from this thing, you know, it's 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 a you balance, do. you know. But it's about learning. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I. Dude, if if I was the same fucking person I was at 14, at 41, I failed. <laughs> right. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. You need to learn and expand your fucking horizons and realize, like, you know what, man? I was wrong. Yes. I was shitty. That's like it. I was a fucking dickhead and not easy to be around. And I apologize for that. That's it. So, yeah. like, you know, and that and and what you need is friends or 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 you know, colleagues right. that can that can take that apology and be like, cool, man. Thank you for saying that. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. And grow and move from there. So much of this is so. about aging gracefully, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, oh, yeah. cause just, well, that's life. Yeah. Like you know? the things that were funny in your twenties, you know what? They just don't sound the same. You know, that, <laughs> totally. that, that blackout drunk you had at 24, that was a little charming. Mm. It looks a little oh, different no. at 42, you know, you <laughs> just look does. different Definitely guy, does. you know, like, <laughs> 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 so there's a couple, before I lose you, I know I'm, we're going to get this. I knew this was going to go long, but before, I, I got to ask a couple of specific questions that you sure. can put some insight to. Now, you're, are you from Belleville specifically? I am. Okay. Yes. So you might actually remember this. Okay. I went to one concert in Belleville, New Jersey in about 95 or 96 that turned into a riot. Oh, wow. Where was it? It was at the Belleville High School. Oh, geez. Okay. It was some sort of outdoor event to raise money. It was on the football field. Yeah, it was in the field. They had like, you know, a bunch of stuff set up and, you know, random outdoor stuff. Uh, no stage, but, I, you know, like in a tent, the bands were playing. And I drove up with my friend, Matt, 
to see uh, Yell Boy and IDK. I, I'm oh, sure IDK. you remember yeah, IDK. Of course, yeah, of course. And, you know, the um, people who were running the show and event were like off-duty fire, off-duty cops, who I don't think they knew who was showing up in Belleville that day. <laughs> and were like not too stoked immediately right. on like the fact that a bunch of like punk hardcore kids were like going a little wild at their high school, you know? So uh-huh. during Yell Boy, you know, a, a, a cord gets pulled by one of the people, then IDK, you know, the wife of someone has a problem. And before you know it, it's like a full on riot where like the <laughs> members of IDK are like fighting off duty, like firemen. Some people who became uh-huh. good friends of mine later in life uh, were, you know, actually arrested and detained in Belleville uh, and oh, brought. Man. And me and my friend Matt went to the police station to be like, hey, we're witnesses. They didn't do anything. To- <laughs> and they're like, get the fuck out of here. Or you're going in the <laughs> yeah. can, too. And we're like, OK, OK, OK. I'll drive back to New Brunswick. <laughs> we got a special witness. Yeah, I know. I like, yeah. To the naivete that they, they would give a shit. Um, <laughs> do, do you remember this by any chance? Or do you have any sound- insight into like what that event could have been? Because I there's so few people I can discuss this with. Yeah, this I it's on. I, this is funny because I I haven't thought about this in a very 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 long time. I was not at the show, but I do remember hearing about this. Okay, <laughs> good. Um, I'm glad you did. Yeah, sometimes that, I wonder. I, I'm like, did I dream this like a long time ago? And now <laughs> no, I think I it's real. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I can't give you any kind of uh, witness statement. Uh, you can't put me in the clink for it. Okay, but, okay. <laughs> but I do remember something like that happening. And it was on the football field of, uh, of Belleville High. Yeah. Um, shit, man. Yeah, I, I wish I had more more insight into the actual yeah. uh, goings on right. there. We're gonna, but I don't. I think I'm going to have to like get some, but, some key members of that story and put together a little the, like oral history or something. This does remind me of a show that I played at Skaters World. It was uh, my band at the time, which I can't... Uh, God, what was that band? Maybe Sector 12 or something okay. like that. And then uh, Total Chaos Ooh. and Blank 77. Yes. Okay. And uh, and you remember they used to have like these like crazy like neon lights everywhere? At Skaters World. And I remember World. Mike... At Skaters yeah, World, yeah. Uh-huh. And Mike Blank's... Uh, started swinging his mic and broke all the lights oh, and the cops came and tried to arrest Mike and the fucking place went crazy. Can imagine. Yeah. And there was a riot there. Crusty and, ass total chaos. Crap. And where that was in like yeah. Elizabeth or something, wasn't it? Skaters world. So, it was definitely in a mini mall of yeah, sorts, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I think like somebody broke the fucking like front door, like the glass, the front door. And I remember trying to like, I got to get my guitar out of here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I got to get like, out. How do I get my guitar the out? escape route. Yeah. 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 I remember that now where you're just like in these, mo- like I was just considering today, you know, I'm like, you know what? I miss doing shows. How cool would it be to do like a little outdoor festival, like where I'm living? You know, they don't have, they don't have shit like that around here. I know exactly how to put it together. And then I think of like the innumerable stories from my past uh, of how need, many yeah. shit shows I've been a part of. And I'm like, do I want to take that on? <laughs> yeah. But dude, think about this. Like back in the day, they used to just hand the keys to a fucking VFW oh hall to like 12 year old kids. I know. I know. <laughs> no one fucking questioned me about insurance yeah. or nothing. I was 15 the first time they gave me one of those. 
nuts. I'm right? like, and you're like liable for thousands of dollars. You're like, yeah, sure. I'll think it back whatever. on it too. I'm a man. I'm like, Oh my God, these bands showed up. Yeah. Like just some 15 year old called them and it was like, <laughs> Hey, yeah. I've uh, secured a firehouse uh, about an hour and 10 minutes from where you live. Well, you, you know, <laughs> only stipulation is I have to play before yeah, you. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yep. Like I just need a show for my band. Will you come? Uh, we'll discuss the money based on how many kids come. You know, like literally, this is what you yep. used to pitch them. And they're like, all right, cool. Exactly. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. It's great. Okay. <laughs> I, it's fucking awesome. Um, before we get off that, I got a little story. I did a little due diligence and spoke to our mutual friend, Ricky Supporta. Oh, okay. You know, which I heard in other interviews, Gabe was a uh, big influence on you as far as... Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, be, humble. Being the, I mean, was... the For some reason, the most like put together businessman any of us knew... From like is, 1993 till now, basically. <laughs> like, I don't know how he yep. pulled it off, but I think, yeah, he had like a five, 401k when he was, oh like, he was like 16. I remember Midtown formed before I knew it. Demos, shirts, posters, <laughs> websites. I'm like, you guys are good at this, man. Fuck. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, but Ricky told me about a New Brunswick basement show you were part of where uh-huh. young Rick supporter was arrested. Yeah. Can you tell me this that. story? What happened there? You know, I, it's one of those things where I guess the, uh, we played the show. This is what band you think? Is this my cam? This is my okay. cam. This is my cam. Yeah. We played a, it was like a new Brunswick basement. Um, I want to say maybe like, I don't know. Did Oval Portrait play? Okay. Oh, the hostage played, which was a band that, yeah. uh, came after Pensy and, and, and formed like when I went on the road with, with my cam, um, I'm trying to think who else might've played, but it was a, a basement show in New Brunswick Cop showed up to try to shut it down. And Ricky, I think what he was doing was taking pictures of the cops. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, don't do that. And he was like, what do you mean? I can take pictures. And they were like, no, you can't. And then they threw him in the back of the car. <laughs> and then I remember taking pictures with his camera of him in the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> to like, to, to just be like, we got this. Like, like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, don't worry. We'll take care of you, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like for posterity. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. And it's similar to what happened. I remember we were on tour once with Mike M. Uh, we we stopped at a Walmart, uh, as you do in a van, in, in a van, and uh, you know, get your toiletries or whatever the fuck you need. And at that point, we were very, really poor, and um, Ray Toro needed two AA batteries. Okay. For um, some sort of like you know shitty like fucking eight track that we had like a traveling like four track or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so he went in and he opened a pack of batteries and took two batteries out put them in his pocket left the store and got arrested immediately oh shit <laughs> so i ran back in i stole <laughs> a fucking disposable camera took pictures of him in the car <laughs> and then i love how your then, instinct in this situation oh, yeah, is totally. to be like bob woodward and just like let me I'm get like this the Ansel adams of my yeah. friends getting arrested so not only did i steal the camera but then i ran back in and i i stole the sign from the wall that said shoplifters will be prosecuted wow and bold. then we picked him up from the fucking police off uh police station and i gave it to him as a gift wow that's pretty gangster <laughs> Right? That's pretty gangster. Yeah. That's Pim. Yeah, I thought That's so too. Pim. Good for you. <laughs> I appreciate this. All right. So before we get out of this interview, let's talk about, you know, am I, I'm pronouncing it. It is pronounced LS Dunes, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. So uh, how's, how's that going? How was the tour? How's, how's, uh, 
how's this shaping up? You and you and the old crew. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. I got to. I mean, I'm really shocked by uh, by the reaction and and the excitement. I mean, you know, here's the thing: we were in the pandemic. Um, you know, I had a tour. I I was supposed to leave on Friday to go uh, start the the MyChem tour. Okay. Uh, on Wednesday, the world shut down. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I flew home. Um, oh, so you, know, you were already gone. You were like ready to go. I, yeah, I was in LA. We were, oh, we were at rehearsals okay. when, when all this shit wow. happened. And so we were supposed to leave that Friday. I left, you know, I ended up getting the call and I left on Wednesday to come home, be with the family. Uh, thought, you know, all right, maybe we'll postpone the first leg and yeah. then we'll start, you know, in two months. Sure. Just like everybody thought, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, shit went to hell. And so uh, I ended up getting uh, a text from from Tucker. Uh, he had recently moved to Jersey, and um, you know from 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 Brooklyn and stuff like that. And we were like just talking about like, oh man, isn't this crazy? You know, like the one thing that we know how to do is being like, yeah, you know, we can't do right. it. We'll never, maybe we'll never do this again. Like, what the fuck do we do? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know, man. I feel like we should start a band. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great, <laughs> great idea. idea. Yeah. <laughs> you sure. know, he's like, but I just think you know, I think we should write songs, and I think uh, you know, Tim's in, and I want to, I want Travis to do it too. Okay. Uh, from COVID. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we live in like kind of the same vicinity, like the tri-state area. Yeah. Um, and we become friendly over the years through a, a mutual friend, Paul Clegg, who ended up, you know, managing the band. Yep. Um, but, uh, it was like, right, let's just send stuff back and forth and try to get through this together. And so we started writing songs and, uh, and then before we knew it, we had like, you know, a grip of songs. We were like, all right, well, what is this? Is it a band or is it going to be like just like an instrumental project? And, wait, and were some of these, some of these tracks were like rhythm tracks that Tim and Tucker had already had? Well, it was like, you know, Tim would have like a bass line, So then he would send it to, to Tucker. Tucker would put like a, uh, a backbeat behind it and then they'd send it to me and, and, and Travis. And then we'd like just start trading back and forth. All right, here's a verse. This is a chorus. And before we knew it, there was a song. That's cool you know, too. Just, Cause from my, my perspective, I'm like, you know, to me, like as a, I guess a drummer, like my favorite thing about Thursday is the rhythm section. Like, like, oh my God. like Tim and yeah. Tucker are so unique together that yes. if anyone else tries to do Tim and Tucker, it sounds like they're ripping them <laughs> off, right? Exactly. It does. So it, does, it must right. be kind of cool getting those those tracks there on their man. own. Like, can can you hear their like signature style when you're even oh, just yeah. like rocking with the two of them? Definitely. That's cool. It's it's locked. Yeah. And here's the, the cool thing is that, um, you know, sometimes you, when you're starting a band or, or you're listening to a band, like that rhythm section isn't, um, is holding things down. It's the core, but it's not necessarily like a hook, right, you know, or right. like a melody. Both of them yeah, they write hooks. have a melodic sense. Yeah. They both write hooks. For sure. You know what I mean? There's drum line, like drum parts in those Thursday songs that that's what fucking, that's the, Oh, work. those are drum hooks. You know, yeah, like he writes drum. Oh hooks my God. Like sure. if I played like, like hearing, understanding. <laughs> yeah. That's car crash, I know exactly right? what you were it's doing. A, yeah. You yeah. know exactly that's what I'm true. talking about. That's true. Yeah. That's cool. It's nuts. Yeah. So like, you know, and the only other, like who else can hit, hit a snare twice and be like, Oh, I know that song. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that's like, true. it's crazy. It's very unique. Yeah. So, uh, to get those tracks back, it was really fun to like, all right, find out. All right. What do I latch onto here? What do I go? What do I 
play that's like, maybe go, go against the grain or do I, do I, do I, you know, further this, this melody here. So that was really fun to do. And, um, and then before we knew, we had a, a grip of songs. And, um, when we decided like, all right, let's see if we could find someone that could sing to this. The only name that came up was Anthony. Oh, okay. Like just, that was the only one wow. we thought of. Just felt like, um, felt right. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah. Like, you know, we'd all, we all know each other. We're all friends or friendly. Uh, we'd all toured together before. I'd never been in a band with Anthony before, but uh, recently he was working on, he had a, a, a bunch of songs that he was doing for like a children's record. And he sent those around. I worked, I did a song with him. Tucker had done a song with him. And it was like, Hey, let's, do you think Anthony would be like the perfect singer for this? And I was like, man, if anybody could do it, it'd be him. But I don't want him to to just do this because like, he knows it's us and like almost like a, like an, I feel obligated right. To like work on all that these guys are together. How could I say no? Yeah. Like, oh like, yeah. They just worked on my thing. So I got to do yeah. this. So what we did was Tucker sent it and like, he's like, listen, I got these songs. I've been working on it with a couple of friends. Didn't tell him who else oh, was in the band and just sent him some right. songs. And he liked it enough that he sent stuff back. And immediately I knew that it was a band. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like it was, it was so fucking obvious. Wow. That's, it's kind of sneaky, but good. It is, yeah, well, we're very sneaky. <laughs> okay, that's like a CIA tactic, like doing your oh, due diligence yeah. there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's awesome. And how how did it, uh, like, you know, I'm assuming, you know, you're almost like learning how to play the songs live as you're going because of how the way they were put together. Like, how's it translating uh, live as opposed to, to the record? Oh, man. It, here's the thing. I think this more than any other band that I've been in is like, it's, and no one, you know, I don't like to play with slouches anyway, but like nobody in this fucking band is a slouch. And like, when you're coming into this, like everybody's an an accomplished musician. Like I don't have to worry like that they're, you know, this person's doing their job on the other Mm -hmm. side of the stage. Like everybody can take cues and knows like, all right, Oh, we're going to extend here. We're going to do this. We're going to go on a tangent here. Uh, I'm going to take another bar to like, you know, do whatever. Like, that shit is just ingrained in everybody cool. so much so that we're just learning each other's ticks, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And, and honestly, like it took maybe three shows, but now it feels, I don't know, man, it feels really fucking good. Like it. it's a great, well-oiled machine. That's awesome. And, um, it's so much fun. Like the, the play with these guys is so much fun. That's awesome. It really is. So what are you seeing uh, down the road for this? I, you know, at first I was like, I don't know. Like, cause it's, Everybody's got such crazy schedules, but it's not, this is, it doesn't feel like a side project. This feels like a real band. So now it's just about trying to figure out the schedules in order to, to do it as as full time as we, we want to. Are you You uh, doing a lot of writing? Like when you're, when you're at home or, or when you're getting home, we have a bunch of songs already written. Um, so we're now, I think it's just a matter of finishing up these next two shows and then we're probably going to try to finish up uh, writing the the songs that we have, like the grip of songs that we have. Um, then we have a tour in the end of January into February. Um, we're deciding maybe we can get into the studio, hopefully before that, oh, wow. to maybe flesh out some ideas. Cool. And then um, we'll see. But I, you know, it's you know that's the thing. Like everybody's touring, right? Yeah, right. So like as soon as I finish with this. Tucker and it goes out with Thursday and Anthony's opening. Oh, okay. So they're out yeah. in December. Right, right. Uh, Anthony's got Sounds of Animals fighting in beginning of January right. and then he goes into Dunes with us at the end of January. So it's like, it's a, it's a fucking schedule. Sure. Man. It's, it's rough. So I feel like, um, you know, our manager, like the manager is, uh, 
that the most part is just figuring out where the opening slots are for us to kind of like do this. That's the, that's the hardest thing for us right now. And are you like, uh, you know, now when you're sitting down and writing at home, is it, is it for that next album? And, you know, do you think because of the way you're starting it this time, it, it, this, this might have a little more of your signature on it, like, like coming up? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, man. I feel like I've never had, people have asked me before, like, how do you know what project you're writing for? <laughs> right. At, like, yeah, you know, when right. you're, you know, sure. like when you have so many things, it just so happens. It just works. I don't know why or how, but when I sit down to, to, to work on dunes, I'm working on dunes. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, like if I hit a block or something like that, I'll go and I'll, I'll write some other things. And that just, you know, some of that stuff gets scrolled away and some of it just opens a door, sure. you know? But I think that's why I like having so many projects is because, um, I can jump from one to the other to, and I never really get shut down creatively. I mean, do you have, do you have to police yourself like style wise, you know, like where you'd be writing something for dunes and it's like, you know, it sounds a little my chemi, like I'm going to put that one away for a while or something like, do you run into that? Uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it dictates it. Like, you know, it'll, 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 it'll tell you what, what it needs to be. Like there's certain stuff too, like you'll write and you're like, ah, I feel like this is something that I would, I would want to sing. You right, know what I mean? So that gets right. rolled away. Sure. Um, but there, there's other things where it's like, like, uh, so yeah, all right. For, for example, on, on past lives, there's a song called blender. Okay. Uh, that was a riff that I had been kicking around for, for months before Dune started. And I didn't know where it fit and I just had it, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and then when, when Dunes came around, I brought it to the band and, and the song just got finished in like 30 minutes. Oh, so you know it was I mean? perfect for that. Yeah. Perfect for that. Sure. You know what I mean? And then, uh, when we were in the studio, like, uh, when I was in the studio with Dunes, we were doing, um, you know, just doing pre-production, getting stuff ready to send over to Will Yip, who, who eventually produced the record. Um, we had, I think it was literally 30 minutes left, you know, in our time. Uh, and I was like, listen, I got, I think there's, I have this riff that I think we should just lay down. And that was permanent rebellion. Oh, wow. Cool. We did that. And then the next day, same thing happened. And that was sleep cold. Right. So like, you know, it's just when you're in the room with those guys or you're, you're, you're in that, that mindset, like you, you end up just getting inspired and, and it ends up working out. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to hear what, what you got coming next with all this stuff. Yeah, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. So I got one last question I was curious about. Just because okay. this is just a, an assumption that you might be someone who's who's into this or seen it. You got a ghost story for me? Oh, man. Like, have you ever had a... <laughs> oh, I, def- I okay. definitely just saw one. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Okay. One, but I definitely... Um, and, and and that's not from lack of wanting to or trying because <laughs> okay. I really truly believe that uh, if if I were to like if you were to find out that ghosts exist or something like just to know that there's something else out there after this totally. is a wonderful feeling. Sure. I think I think it's I, I find it that it would be very comforting, like re- to know reassuring to to know that yeah you know something. to know that that there, there's not just nothing. Okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but one time I was I was in. Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Whitey, uh, oh, uh, uh oh. Eagle Hall, oh, yeah. right? Eagle ball. Yeah. And, uh, hit the pool? so I hit the pool, <laughs> did all that. And then there's a, there's a locker room down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was the only one there. It was, you know, we had played the show bus call was going to be happening soon. I was went down to take a shower. Um, 
in the shower and I hear little kids <gasps> running around really? and like laughing and, and playing around. I'm like, that's fucking weird. So get dry, you know, do whatever I'm doing and uh, get out of the shower and clean up, get all my toiletries together. I'm going to make bus call and I go upstairs and, and there's a cleaning crew, right? And I'm like, I, I'm sorry, this sounds really weird, but I just got to ask you, like, does any of the cleaning crew, like, are there kids here? Or like, like little kids? Yeah. Like, nah, man. And so that was the only time that I, and it, like, you know, that locker room is right next to the pool yes. where the, the, the story is yep. that, that a bunch of kids drowned. Yes. Uh, and so, I mean, I don't know. Did I hear something in the pipes? Maybe that sounded like that. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a million ways to explain it away. But had but had, you, had you known prior to going down there that the ghosts of that place were kids? Or did you find out afterwards? I, I mean, I had heard the stories. Okay. But it definitely didn't. It sounded like they were right there. Ugh. Like right, so it, I, yeah, like right next to your ear, it sounded like. like yeah, oh, like right, like in yeah, the next room, right. you know what I mean? And so definitely thought like, oh no, that's people. Yeah. Like what I'm hearing uh-huh. is, I, you know, like it's, it's, you can either explain it away as like, oh my God, I'm really scared. Or like, no, it sounds like, you know, earthly sounds. Sure. Like yeah. I, I've heard this before. I know what this is. Right. And so that's what I heard. Um, But there was no one there. Okay. So, I mean, maybe is it possible that I, you know, it could have been anything. It could have been just people down there that that were there, and and this cleaning person didn't didn't know that there was people around. I don't know, but uh, it was definitely the only time that I experienced something that I, I don't know if I can fully. Explain. I think it would actually probably be more fucked up if at like one o'clock in the morning there was a bunch of little kids children. at the bottom of the rave <laughs> running around a haunted yeah, at the bottom yeah, of the know, rave right? like no like I'm good about <laughs> like that would be worse than seeing a ghost be like why the fuck are you guys here like, <laughs> yeah, I'm selling weed motherfucker <laughs> um, <laughs> so I gotta find my wallet a, a quick aside about that actually it gave me a little goosey bumpies when you told me that and uh-huh. uh, a funny ancillary story to that the last time I was at the rave I played with you know, not Gaslight, like a smaller band, Mercy Union I'm with. And uh-huh. and we're getting, you know, some of the people I was with hadn't been to the pool. So we got like the pool tour from, you gotcha. know, one of the people who was working there. And I saw at the end of the pool that there was a couple tags. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm going to bomb up here. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, like, right. and I start writing. I see a Mac Miller one. And I start writing oh. like right next to it. And I'm bombing like my band's name, like nothing cool, you know, like like just being an <laughs> asshole. Gotcha. And I'm halfway in, the guy's like, no, what are you doing? And at first, like my instinct's like, fuck you, dude. If this was Gaslight, you'd be letting me sign here. Like, what, what you'd be <laughs> a dick, you know? And and it turns out that this fucking Mac Miller uh, signature I was going next to was a very, very cryptic, eerie, creepy message he wrote on this pool days before he passed away. So, yeah. So you can look it up. I forget exactly what it says, but it's kind of like a Tupac Machiavellian sort of like, hey, I know the end is coming sort of message, you know? Um, Oh, wow. And that's the reason that the whole crew is freaked out. And like now forever, I'm like... Oh, nervous shit. that I so, like yeah. poked like Mac Miller's ghost or like something like that, you know. And that place, oh, I'm, I'm with you. That place got vibes. Like that's, you know. Well, I mean, there's a lot surrounding that yeah. place, right? Yes, 
right like the mcdonald's like the the Dahmer mcdonald's is right, right down the street, the street. It's, yeah yeah it's there's a lot and, you know there's a lot around that place and i think the building uh was also apparently going to be used in hitler's final solution plan i heard about that i don't know apparently if that's that's that was going to yeah. be like the headquarters for the german american population because of the milwaukee german population I don't Weird. fucking know if it's true. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't read. <laughs> I think that I don't read a lot of. Feels I don't like, read a lot of Hitler. You know, like uh, <laughs> you know, notes about what he was up to. Well, there's definitely <laughs> there's a lot of Swazis around that place. Yeah. but I think that that's the reversed ones, and I think that I mean that seems like a story that was probably you know in order to explain those. <laughs> right, but per, per, you know perhaps, I mean? perhaps, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I don't think it's a good way to end on the podcast talking about the final oh, Jesus, solution. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> Anyway, Frank, this was fun. I'm glad after all these years, this is the longest conversation we've had. And I hope yeah. we, I hope we have a longer one at some point. Well, now I have your number. So <laughs> I'll text you weird fucking pizzas. <laughs> My best to Jamia, who's, who's a fine, fine person, known a long time. She's awesome, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, stoked to talk to you. And that was fun. Well, that was a pleasure. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, well, you may, you did a good job, I think, you know, especially considering that that guy's doing a lot of press now and a few podcasts as he stated that he did a good job of getting him off track. I think Benny. Thank you. I tried. Yeah. I listened to some podcasts. Very good one by our good friends, Toby Morse, Jeremy mm -hmm. Bohm, these types who I've interviewed for our podcast, but have not asked me on theirs. Maybe one day, Brad, when <laughs> I start writing my own songs, you know, um, <laughs> uh, no, it was fun, but I was listening to a lot of those and there was just a lot about his, you know, early bands and the the come up and, you know, I wanted to learn about Frank, you know, mm -hmm. him as a person and a dad and uh, what's coming next for someone like that. It's it's an interesting path. He's got a unique insight coming from, you know, the straight up, you know, shit, North Jersey club scene. I mean... It's a unique thing at this point. I, there's not many people you can share the conversation with of what the pipeline in Studio One in Newark were actually like to go to. The, right. the that that pool of people you could have that conversation with is getting smaller and smaller. 
Um, so it's fun to be able to to rap about stuff like that and then know that someone like that has seen the pipeline, right? you know, in the 90s, proper shit. <laughs> and then, you know, I can't imagine what like stadiums and festivals and the types of things people they've met and experiences they've had when, when things were cruising super high. So it's like, it's a, a, a unique insight in life, you know, I love it. Yeah. And like, uh, I'm happy like for him, see. happy for Jamia and their family. Good group of people. Thanks to Ricky Supporta who uh, offered me some, I couldn't do a mystery friend, but offered me some general insight about the old days. Yeah. Yeah. Next best thing. Next best thing. I gotta get the mystery friend back on track. I'm Yeah. Some I mean mystery friends, you know, they can go either way, as we know. Yeah, that's true. They do backfire, don't they? Sometimes. I mean, it's fun to play the music, but you know <laughs> oh wait, I have a new idea. You know that you ever seen that movie Copland? Uh Stallone, De Niro, Leota. Uh I don't North know. Jersey, New York cop. I must have crooked cop movie. I'm not anyway, recalling. He fights Method Man in the first scene. Pretty funny. Oh, but anyway, there's a scene where Robert De Niro in that movie goes, "You had your chance and you blew it." <laughs> it's really funny. But can we get that clip set up for when like Mystery Friend goes bad? <laughs> okay. Like we'll have the song at the beginning and we'll have that at the end. You had your chance and you blew it. I don't know why he says it's so weird in that scene. It's very weird. Very weird. Stallone, he's deaf. It's a good movie. I, I like it. Underrated. Kind of went under the radar there. All Maybe right, I'll watch you, it on, you know, Amazon Prime one night. Ugh, dude, don't do fucking Amazon doesn't even host our podcast. Don't give them plugs. Thanks. We're on Amazon Podcasts. Oh, we are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Great. <laughs> what are your Christmas schmishmishmas? Uh, man. Uh, All right. Well, ta- since no one pays us to do anything, we can talk about our Patreon. Uh, our, our brave and loyal fans of the show who stick with us through tours. Oh, God. They're so thick awesome. Thick and thin. Yeah. We thank you. Thin. We honor yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> we do we do love you and um we'll be talking to you Thursday night on yes. the Discord chat that we do every week. If you guys want to get involved, go to patreon.com slash going off track, take a look. Um yeah, we try to get up bonus content when we have it. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we don't, every now and then Benny and I'll do a bonus podcast. Oh yeah. And uh it's been a while, but we have had like additional bonus material from some of these bigger shows where we just couldn't stop talking or something. Oh, um, you've been making some cuts? Cuts. Yeah. They haven't been, <laughs> I haven't done any cuts in a while. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but, uh, and mm, if you want to catch up with Frankie, I mean, check out LS Dunes anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, My Chemical Romance, you can probably find yourself. I think so. <laughs> And Frankie, Frankie Arrow Music. Oh no, Frank Arrow Must Die. Oh, is his Instagram account? Jeez. So it's yeah. terrifying. You can find him. You'll find him. Yeah, check out LS Dunes. It sounds yeah, like that record is cool, man. Yeah, I have is, not listened to all of it yet, but you know what it um, is. Uh, I, I didn't know. 
to expect. And then when I turn on, I'm like, ooh, this is thick. Yeah. It's thick. It's heavy. It's like, uh, it's got a lot of meat to it. And then obviously the Anthony Green with the vocals on top give it like a totally different element. So some of the choruses are real strong and yeah, good record. Good songs. I'm into it. Yeah, Got to talk to those other dudes one of these days. I just look back. Tucker was like episode number like three of going off track. Oh, yeah. Like way, way. So it might be good to get him <laughs> back on, you know? Yeah. Because we were both like young, dumb drummers at the same time. So could yeah. talk about that, how bad we were. <laughs> how bad yeah, we were at this. He's due to this. get back. Yeah. Well, and as we mentioned in the interview, Central Jersey creates the finest athletes in the world. <laughs> Tucker winning the uh, uh, competition shooting, shooting that thing in the backstage definitely proves it. All right. Well, that's probably gone on long. I'm assuming you're after the two-hour mark here. <laughs> I love everyone for listening. I love you, Brad. I love you, Benny. Thanks to Frank for coming on and, and talking to us. Yeah. We'll do some more stuff soon. <laughs> 